Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the show. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in studio, Salt Lake City area. I'm all about more playing and less teching. And here at Save the Kids, we all know that connection is key. That's why I'm super excited about today's guest, Abby Lynch. She's a speech-language pathologist and mom to two wonderful children. She shares her journey parenting in the digital age and working toward healthy tech habits. Routed in research, she shares insights on the power of play as the greatest tool to build critical foundations for balanced brains. Welcome, welcome, Abby, to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I am too. I love seeing the, the, the posts you make all about play and wonderful interactions. And it's, it's just wonderful stuff to see. So how did you end up in this space? Like, I mean, just traveling along life. And then how did you end up here helping other people to be more proactive about playing and less teching? Yeah, I guess I just kind of found myself on Instagram as like a consumer following different pages. And as I became a parent starting to you know, follow different parenting pages. And I just was becoming like overwhelmed with the dichotomy of like screen times, either bad or good. And I just felt like what was missing in the space was a parent who was presenting a really realistic approach and Mm -hmm. talking about how to be intentional about screen time instead of just being so black and white about it. Right. And at the same time, I was starting to identify like my very young children. I mean, at the ages of two and three, starting to see their relationship with screen time evolve and develop. And Mm -hmm. during COVID, we just kind of made a decision that we needed to shift some things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start an Instagram page about this and share about it. And we'll just see what happens. That's awesome. So uh, like, they're not like five and four now? They're five and four. Yeah. Yeah, I have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So I, I feel you to the depths (laughs) of my core. Okay. Cause it's so, it's so easy, just like out of convenience to be like, okay, here's the iPad. Let Daniel tiger parent you. You've been screaming at me all day. I'm just done. Like it's so, so, and no no shame to parents who who have done that. I'm not, we're not here to shame other people by any means. Um, I've turned on Encanto two times in one day before, (laughs) but (laughs) that being said, there's something to be said about the power of play. It's so cool. Now, um, your Instagram is called play more tech less. And I love, I love that statement just because I feel like technology is becoming a little too normalized for little, little, little kids. Um, like, you know, little three-year-olds, little four-year-olds know how to work tablets better than I can. Um, and, it's just like, you know, the pendulum of technology is always swinging. And right now it's so far on the side of everyone use it all the time. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, they just spend so much time playing that stuff. And you've done a lot of research in that area. Why is the power of play so important and so underrated right now? Like, why shouldn't we just hand our kids the tablet and stuff? So they don't get into trouble. Just watch the screen. Um, Well, you know, what, what, what is going on there? Yeah. So I think my relationship or my, my knowledge base and relationship with play really comes from my 
professional work as a speech pathologist. So mm -hmm. I learned even in grad school how important it was to use a child's interest to um, create play-based activities that target their skills that they're working on. So I've always been somebody who has really uh, valued uh, the power of play and using it not only to a child's strengths, but also to work on their challenges, to work on developing skills. Um, so I see it in my work every day. It's something that uh, the clinic I work at is super passionate about too. And so it just kind of felt like a natural fit for the name of um, my page. And I didn't, I wanted to identify the fact that uh, we're being intentional about using less technology, less screen time, but mm -hmm. not none at all. Right. And, I mean, the power of play is really that that is how our kids' brains are wired to learn and grow. And yes, when I hear the argument that kids can learn through apps, totally, they can, they can learn some new things. They can maybe memorize some facts that the tablet is telling them, but they are not going to learn it in a, in a multidimensional way, like across an environments in a way that they can apply to their real world life as well as they would with play. Um, mm. And it's just been like awesome, not only observing it in my clients, um, while well, well, I work, but also in my own kids, just as we've made shifts in our routines to be doing less screen time, I just, it clicked with me one day that I was like, you know, it's not about reducing the screen time minutes. It's about increasing the time they have to play. It's mm. increasing their access to different environments, to different materials and letting them explore them. And when you do that, the screen time just naturally dissipates. Mm -hmm. You mentioned dimensions of play, how you can only experience play in so many dimensions on a screen versus what, what are those dimensions of play? What do you mean by that? Well, we know that kids learn best with like real world three-dimensional objects. And so a screen can't do that. A screen is two-dimensional. Mm. And so it's very hard for kids to translate things they're learning in a two-dimensional presentation to their multi-dimensional world or to their 3D gotcha. world. Um, so true. for example, like being able to pick up a crayon, hold a crayon and start to, to scribble is not the same as using their fingertip to swipe and make marks on a tablet. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it affects like some of those fine motor skills, like if kids are on, like if, if they're not playing so much and there's so much on a screen that right. they, they delay some of those fine motor skills, like being able to write, being able to do stuff with their hands because they're so used to, to this and not like holding something and moving the digits individually right. and stuff. And I see advertisements for apps for like very young kids all the time. And it kills me because it's usually like a tiny toddler using their finger to move a red circle into the red circle space. Um, and yes, doing like shape and color matching like that is very age appropriate, but it's just not the same as holding a real puzzle piece and picking it up with their whole hand and feeling the, um, the, the pressure of their hand pushing the puzzle piece into the spot. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's so true. And then like their creativity too. like my, my, he's going to be four in August, but Holy smokes when he creative plays homeboy creative plays, like it's yeah. a big deal. Like yeah. he is, he's playing with his donuts, donuts. They're imaginary. They're not there. There's nothing on the couch, but he's like playing like he's a bakery and a donut shop. And the donut shop is the couch. And I go to sit down on the couch and he's like, oh, dad, no, don't sit up. Dad, the donuts, you squished them all. I was like, well, my goodness. I am so sorry. I just squished all of your imaginary donuts. And I feel like screens kind of stifle that creativity a little bit. I mean, they, 
the thing is screens or at least apps in particular, I think, are created to keep a child captivated, to keep them engaged. Yeah. So they're delivering the creativity. Like they're delivering, you know, here's a donut. How do we create? Let's, you can add these pink star sprinkles or these blue rectangle sprinkles. But again, it's just not the same as a um, child, you know, finding a cardboard box and pretending it's that oh donut machine. <laughs> Freaking cardboard boxes. We got... <laughs> No joke. Like we would get our kids these, all these toys for Christmas and crap. And our son said, so my kid loves to cook. He loves to pretend like he's cooking. The kitchen is his favorite thing ever. And from Christmas, from the vast boxes that we had from Amazon, he built himself, just stacked them on top of each other and made himself a little kitchen in the middle of the living room, just out of boxes. Mike, you know, I did get this not so cheap Fisher price item in the basement that is a kitchen but you like this box more but the creativity in kids is amazing and i feel like those apps like you said it it just kind of gives it to them like here you're not going to create on your own you can create what i gave you right and i think another big barrier that i hear from parents a lot and i i know i even feel it myself sometimes is the mess, the mess that open-ended play creates and how when you give a child a tablet or put on a show, they sit, they're quiet and your house stays clean. Um, But I can even remember myself one time, my daughter was literally, um, or I'll say again, my child was taking out every single piece of every basket and cubby and drawer that we had in the house and putting it, stacking it up like over this chair. And I was about to lose my mind. Like I had just cleaned the house, I think. And I was about to scream and I just took a deep breath And I said, hey, can you tell me what's going on here? And my kid said, it's a beauty and the beast. So you're so right. Like with those imaginary donuts, what we see as this humongous mess that's being created in our house is really the work of our kids, like sparking their creativity and problem solving, creating a plan, building all those foundational skills that they need for future success. Yeah. And like while they're playing publicly too, like that's like opportunity for like, communication and problem solving and conflict resolution they're playing at the park and somebody gets on the thing they want to play with and instead of mom come murder this kid for me you know it's just learning these things that you don't necessarily get to learn if you're on your screen all the time now i understand technology is not going anywhere it's only just going to progress even more and it's going to be a part of our lives fundamentally Um, But that being said, we get to control how much of it is in our life so that we can have an intentional place. Now, I really like that on your Instagram, it says a shame-free, realistic approach to tech in the home. Now, what does that look like to you? Because I think the one thing missing in this space, um, because I think more and more parents are waking up to this. They're waking up to, okay, maybe, you know... Timmy is a little monster if he watches too much TV or has the iPad and I take it away and he turns into the Hulk. Um, But I feel like there's a lot of shame in this space as well, where parents feel shamed for having people on their screens too much, this or that. And so when I saw that, you're like, no, shame-free, realistic approach to, to, to tech in the home. What does that look like to you? Yeah. So I think that the first step to it being shame free is like you had said previously, accepting that technology is a reality and not taking that like either end of the spectrum, either I'm pro screen or anti-screen. I'm not anti-screen whatsoever, but I am, I'm, I'm cautious, I'm conscious, and I try to be intentional. And I think that 
the first, that's the first step to being able to feel happy and content in your screen use, in your family's screen time is accepting that it's there, identifying what isn't working for you. If you feel like your kids are in like a stuck routine where, okay, every time we get in the car, I have to give them the tablet or every time we're in a waiting room, they need a screen or they don't sit still to identify those moments and problem solve a little bit at a time, giving yourself grace, being okay with the fact that, you know what, when everyone in the house is sick, you give yourself permission to use more screens. And yes. it's okay. It is yes. okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And I think it's more like just not getting so caught up in it being black and white. And so I try to, on my page, share about when my kids are on screens and days when we do have more screen time and how I we're trying to do like a slower integration of different um, types of content and uh, types of technology tools. For example, my kids don't have tablets yet. Um, and so I think I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to present it in a way that hopefully feels achievable and acknowledging the fact that I didn't always like where my kids were at with screen time and we did mm. make changes. Um, and that change wasn't a total cut of screens. No, no, I don't think it ever will be too. And that's what I like. It's, it's realistic. It's, it's saying, okay, we could be intentional with how we use our screens. It, it's, it's not really realistic to say technology will never be in this home. I mean, unless you're Amish, but you're probably not listening to this if you're Amish. Um, and sorry that <laughs> I'm going to stop <laughs> digging myself a hole in that one. Um, but that like, you know, like it's not realistic to just get rid of it, but we don't right. need to be so full of shame guys. Give yourself some grace. Like, like I said earlier, there was a day wife was sick, boys were sick. I was the only one that was healthy and then dishing your gun and laundry need to get done. I'm like, y'all, we're watching Encanto and Vivo and whatever else pops up on that Disney Plus that says you should watch this. And I say, OK, um, I'm, I'm always there to, to start the show just so some crazy, weird person doesn't pop up on YouTube kids and and mortify my children. Um, but the, yeah, that day there was a lot of TV that happened because everyone was sick and that's okay, guys. That's okay. Um, I think it's funny how we overcomplicate things as parents sometimes totally. like big time as adults. And I think a lot of that's from social media and being overexposed to so many different people and their lifestyles and the comparison of, Oh, they're doing this. They're so cute. And their family looks so great. And how do I do this replacement? How do I do that? And they're just like, just relax, dude. You're doing fine as a parent, y'all. Like those things you see online, it's not picture perfect. It's just a snapshot of someone else's life. Stop judging yourself. So I, I guess the last question are, what are some simple and realistic alternatives to using technology all the time? I feel like that's what people really need. They get the why and now they, they want the what. And now guys don't, don't feel dumb with how simple this stuff is going to sound, but right. it's <laughs> going to sound simple. <laughs> it will sound simple. I mean, I think another motivator it, to me starting my Instagram page was also all the content I was seeing coming up on these like beautiful crafts and like amazingly themed sensory bins. And I was like, those are great ideas. And I, I feel like a couple of years ago, I maybe tried to do a couple of, a couple things like that. And I was just like, you know what, I'm a working mom and I don't have time for this and it's not realistic for my life. So that's what I try to present on my page are the real 
the real play activities that my kids do. And that often will look like me pulling out five extra paper plates, throwing them on the table, um, some maybe some a new box of crayons or maybe some markers that they just haven't seen in a long time. Novelty is key. Mm. Um, toy rotations, so like bringing up a toy that's been hidden for a long time. You don't even have to buy anything. You literally just have to go dig in your toy box for something. It's oh magic. <laughs> this is this is revolutionary, guys. You could just keep like bins of toys that you already have in your garage and then just like quietly in the in the night just like swap toys in and out and like oh my gosh look at this new stuff to play with like totally whoa that was mind-boggling to me i have seen people post things uh like just add water and it's so true when in (laughs) doubt add water give them a bowl of water a bucket of water put them in the tub give them a like just add water to anything that you're doing and it becomes play um and lastly i would say getting outside just getting yes oh my gosh yes i had to dig weeds this morning and um, i took my boys outside with me and holy smokes i'm like yep yep we're coming outside all the time a because y'all get tired and take your naps and daddy needs that very much um (laughs) but b like they're just happier overall that that sunlight it it does some good things but i love how just it doesn't need to be anything complicated guys like anything even stuff that could be perceived as garbage, like your, your toilet paper rolls, when you're done with those, those things were my first lightsaber y'all. And I am a big star Wars fan. Kate, that was my first lightsabers. And that was the best ones ever. Um, my wife, she, she cut up a pool noodle and just like, yeah, chuck that all over the place, Jimmy. So, cause he, you know, he can't, he can't hurt your brother with it. Like just super simple things that don't need to be complicated. I love that so much. Yeah, it's it's really has been eye opening to me as I've gone through this process to like let myself do the simple stuff and then to see how it actually benefits my kids that less is more trying less, (laughs) getting involved in their play less, literally just giving them the space and the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and it's kind of like that that is their job, like our job is to make money and whatnot, like you're, you're a speech language pathologist, I'm a school counselor, our toddlers their job is to play. They're serious about their job. Don't mess with their job. Like (laughs) don't get in the way of their job unless they're like, Hey mom, come, come drive the car or dad, come do this. Oh, okay. I will enter your world. Thank you for permission. (laughs) (laughs) It totally does become their world. And it's, it's that creation of those mental movies that happen in imaginary play. And when like your son was making the the donuts and had the donut shop, he had a visual image, a picture of what was happening because no one gave the picture to him. He had to create it from his own mind. And that mental imagery has implications for the rest of their life, truly, in terms of being able to like set a goal, work towards it. it it's such a big deal that we don't even realize. So true. And like, what do those implications look like long-term? Like, I mean, if you let's go take a high schooler, for example, if you have an assignment and it has multi steps, can you visualize what what do I want my final project to look like? Can I make a mental picture of that? And now do I have the skills to talk myself through what steps I need to take? What materials do I need? Do I need to make a timeline on my calendar? Our kids are doing all those steps in their pretend play at a mm-hmm. more simplistic level, but they are building those brain pathways that they need down the line. That is so crazy. Start them young, man, or don't start them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on the, on the heavy screen stuff. And it, 
it kind of sets the tone for later on too. how much exposure you decide to give we or we decide to give our kids now to screens or if we give them a phone or something right now it can kind of set the stage for some of those tech behaviors when they're older when they're in high school are they going to be addicted to their phone are they going to you know because phones are all about instant gratification google and like zero memory in your brain and all the memory on your phone and if we can intervene now and just mediate that just a little bit it'll help out a lot I totally agree. And I, I certainly think about my kids' future. And because the reality is they will get a tablet someday. They yep. will have a phone someday. Yep. And I know that the way to prepare them to have a healthy relationship with those devices is not by hiding them from them nope. and not by limiting them altogether, but mm-hmm. to introduce them in a very intentional way and to introduce them within an environment where they already know what we value in terms of daily experiences. So that we mm-hmm. value time outside, we value cooking together, we value eating together, and that when the time comes to introduce a phone or a tablet, that that just creates a, a little more space with it in our day. It can't take over all those other things that are important to us. I love that. Oh yeah, and I mean, as parents right now, there is no handbook. <laughs> there is, and 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 like parents right now, really the first generation of parents whose kids have been exposed to technology their whole life to mm-hmm. smartphones, the internet, everything their whole life. And so like parenting right now is it, steep, steep learning curve, figuring all this stuff out. Um, totally. And so guys, like my good friend said earlier, give yourself some grace. It's mm-hmm. going to be okay, but cool. we do need to set some boundaries. Play is the way. Um, mm-hmm. So as we wrap up, any last minute thoughts for the parents out there who are wanting to do better? Any advice? Yeah, I think I would just say to, um, again, don't set your standard to being best, to being the best at parenting or the best at crafts or the best at anything. Mm-hmm. Pick one part of your day, one routine that you feel is stuck with screens and see if you can mix it up a little bit. See mm. if you can mix it up. Just one day, prepare your kids for it. That's huge too. Just one. Um, Something like, hey, you know what? I've noticed we've been watching TV during dinner and it hasn't really felt good to me. What do you think we, when do you think we could watch our show today instead of during dinner? Maybe we can do it before or after, just as a random example. Um, I think I see a lot of pressure out there to do like screen detox and cut them all out. And that to me is overwhelming. And it has to feel overwhelming to other parents out there who are dealing with screens with their kids. So yeah. Just say, allow yourself to do a, a little at a time is better than none at all. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Boom, there you go, guys. So, how can people find you? See what you're up to. Shameless plug time. Let's hear it. <laughs> sure. So, I'm on Instagram at playmore underscore tech less, and I try to post regularly, but I also sometimes take breaks from screen time for my own mental health. Um, so, if you follow me, um, I'd be excited for you to see what we're all about and hopefully learn some simple ways to integrate play into your life. 
And she is awesome, guys. Go check her out. All of that will be in the podcast description below. Also, go follow Save the Kids, Inc. and BulliesBE.gun for your daily content on how to raise resilient kids in a tech-heavy world. If you want me or any of our other speakers to get to your community, shoot us a DM, email, or fill out the speaker form. All of that is also going to be in the podcast description. Always remember, you are strong and you are loved and you will always be enough. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug and we'll see you on the next one.